0: And now, a breakthrough basketball original podcast, The Jim Huber Show.
1: After basketball, his dream is to become a rodeo clown.
0: Jim Huber. Hey, everybody. Oh, it is hard work being this good. I was like, ow. <laughs> 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 he sounded like a, a big choo choo train. We joined The Jim Huber Show, already in progress. I did that with not
1: having any type of medication. <laughs> All
0: right, so welcome to the first episode of the Jim Huber Show. I'm assistant coach Troy, the head coach over there, Jim Huber. Uh, and, and Jim, how are you today? You're I'm looking good. great. I'm you doing great. It's great
1: to be here and be with you.
0: Let me read the BreakthroughBasketball.com description of Jim Huber. Listen to this. Jim Huber has developed and coached NBA players as well as elite prospects who attended the nation's top basketball programs, including Duke and Kentucky. 20 years of basketball coaching from youth, high school, and college, 45 championships, 26 Final Fours. Holy cow. He has coached more than 50 college players he is currently coaching with Mocan, And you were good enough to go to college. Uh, You ended up playing where? Where'd you go?
1: Well, so I went to Allen County Community College. I went on the recruiting visit with a friend of mine who was 6'8 in all state. And K-State, Lon Kruger was there. K-State, he was coaching there at the time, wanted Dave to go to K-State, but go to junior college one year and take him after that. Mm -hmm. So I was down on a recruiting visit, but I was more a package. Right, you came I, with I Dave. Didn't, I didn't realize you were that
0: the guy part of the package. You were the important guy that threw Dave the ball.
1: They wanted Dave, yeah, and I was part of the package. Maybe I could sway Dave going to Allen County. And we sit. I ain't kidding you not. I we sit in this office, and Coach Crane he comes in and he opens up the you know the the recruiting materials and open it up. And it's got like, listen to all these kids, like at Seton Hall and Oklahoma and Florida and all these places. And we're in the office and he get a phone call. I'd be like, hey, Coach Sloan at Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. How you doing? "Uh, He's interested. We'll see. We'll see what takes place. You think that was really Coach Sloan at Florida or was that the assistant (laughs) (laughs) coach in the other room going? Hey, he'd he'd get another call. Hey, PJ Colosmo. But you're like a kid in a candy factory. And you think, oh my my God, I can go play at these places. And he says, if you come here, Jim, we'll get you there. So we go home, Dave and I, and we're thinking about where we're going. Dave's getting recruited by more schools than I am. And all of a sudden, Dave decides he's not going to go that route. He's going to go to Rockhurst University, and he's going to go play basketball there. I decide I'm going to go to Allen County. I get a phone call from the coach. And coach Crane's like, hey Jim, have you made up your mind? What are you gonna do? And I was like, and more importantly, what like, is Dave gonna do? Well, he goes, I couldn't get a hold of Dave. I was trying to get a hold of Dave too, and I was yeah. like, well, Coach, listen, I, I, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming. coming. Dave, I'm coming he's there. out. He goes, oh, that's great. He goes, uh, what's Dave gonna do? And I go, well, Coach, he, he's gonna go to Rock Rockhurst University. Hurst. You could hear a pin
0: <laughs> Was he like, Jim? I don't know if we're gonna have a spot for you. <laughs>
1: But I look back now and I realize, oh my gosh, he was sitting there going like, do you really want to come? Yeah. Because we really wanted Dave Dave. and we're getting you. Yeah. So So you
0: went there and your teammate was J.R. J.R. Ryder. J.R. Ryder. Isaiah Ryder. One of the... Biggest knuckleheads probably oh, yeah. in the history of the NBA. He's up there with like Dennis Rodman, knucklehead, J.R. Smith. in
1: Minnesota when he was there.
0: J. Yeah, he got caught smoking weed off a pop can in the Target Center parking lot. <laughs> Dude, I could write a book. After and a, tell a game, stories
1: about J.R. Ryder. J.R. Ryder. What, what took place there? It was unbelievable. He he was so talented. Oh my god! But the things he did off the floor, and and coach would cater to him. He would let him do knucklehead type things and get away with it. And unfortunate, you know, the unfortunate part about it is. He never really got the accountability. And
0: he had Michael happens, Jordan like oh, athletic been, he ability. He could been an
1: NBA All-Star oh, yeah. for many years.
0: I mean, he's the first guy I saw take off on the baseline and rip it through his leg. It was called the East Bay Funk or whatever it was. The first guy I saw do that was J.R. Ryder in a dunk contest. So I was like, oh, my God. Speaking never of, seen of that, that. though, yes. speaking of
1: that, they compared him to Mitch Richmond back in the day because he was projected to go to K-State.
0: Yeah, he was about that size, he, wasn't he, he? But
1: he didn't have the mindset no. and the hard the, the Work ethic. The passion that, that Mitch Richmond did. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't open up somebody's heart and, and you're open up their chest, pull out their heart and kind of see what they're really about. But right. He didn't have that.
0: How would you describe yourself as a coach? Because you coach high school players, but you're not a high school coach.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, it's more of a, I call it, you know, kind of a year round club spring, summer type high school program. Grassroots is what I have really been involved with.
0: And explain well Nike grassroots basketball because people think you're an AAU coach, but that's not true. It's it's something yeah, different.
1: Yeah, you hear that a lot, and people like oh, AAU, AAU, and it gets branded kind of like Kleenex, right? That's a tissue. Well, to, to going back to what what you know grassroots is, Nike Nike created a spring summer type platform where it tried to get some of the top teams, like forty top teams in the country. And try to get them in similar venues, areas where they would compete on like weekends instead of having it before where you'd have, you know, uh, maybe a couple good teams come hmm. and you have uh, some other teams that aren't very good and the games don't really get very competitive until like the semifinals or almost championship time.
0: This is the NBA for high school kids. I mean, that's yeah, what and it,
1: it is. I mean, it's, you're talking about college based rules, you know, three point line, a shot clock. Based. Uh, shot clock, 30 second shot clock. They got, you know, college officials. Um, And the
0: kids, I, I, my mind, when I went to see Jimmy coach a couple of years ago for the first time, and we went down to Dallas to the EYBL. it blew my mind seeing how big these kids are there. Every team has a seven foot kid. I, I swear. I saw a kid from Texas, one of those teams, he had to be seven foot seven. I couldn't believe the talent and You coached a kid like this year, Michael Porter Jr. last year, uh, that is six foot eight shoots from 30 feet, jumps from the free throw line and and had the number one play on sports center, jumped over two guys head and dunked it from the free throw line. That's the kind of talent that you're involved with. That's amazing. Does it blow your mind being, cause you were like a small college type player. Does it blow your mind looking at these kids and going,
1: yeah, it's amazing. The the abilities they have. And, and. I love the fact that within the EYBL they set up to where they have it like league and standings, mm-hmm. to where games mean something. You know how it is in the spring summer you play a lot of games and it's like it's almost like each weekend's a reset button, right? For a new tournament. I mean the games mean something. They carry over and they only take the top twenty four teams. You know make the Peach Jam. And they go on your records, and that's what's great about you know Moken the success we've had. We made you know three consecutive Peach Jams um and i think uh four out of the last five years so that's uh you know pretty great that we've been able to do that
0: jimmy became a head college coach at the age of an embryo
1: <laughs> What is embryo? i was pretty young i you mean i would say like 20 25 years old
0: straight out of the crib to the head coach at avilene university you were 20 how old
1: 25 i thought i knew it all troy
0: yeah and you
1: knew <laughs> not a thing you knew nothing
0: and how did that – that's really early to be a head coach at a college. How did that – how did it go? You know, I
1: think when I – I was really kind of naive a lot to when I was, became a head coach, and I thought I was going to go in and win a national championship, and I was kind of win-all-cost mentality. And um, I, I really, when I look back and I reflect on it, you know, I, I did things that I'm not maybe proud of the way I coached compared to what I've learned over the years and how different I am as a coach – if I could go back in time
0: what's something you did that you are not proud of
1: I just think you know it's like after you know it might be after a game or uh, at halftime and you know coming in and going nuts and throwing try <laughs> try a race marker and you know breaking a board or
0: have you gone see. to Phil Jackson's Zen stage now? Or are you that laid back? Or
1: uh, I don't think I'm not. I'm not that laid back. You're not but, laid
0: back on the sidelines. Still.
1: But, but for more for me now, I coach when I, when I coach and I get enthusiastic from the sidelines, I'm coaching with passion, but also I want my kids to be prepared before things take place. So I'm trying to put them in great positions to help them have success. And I, and I, I do that to try to prepare our kids. So, me is, and I don't when they make mistakes as much, I might take them out and talk to them and let them know what they need to do. But before I used to make, you know, you, you know, how it is you get really upset and you're getting upset at the kid and, you know, saying negative things to them and maybe not being as positive. So, so changing more of my mindset and how I interact with the players and games and off the floor as well.
0: When you started in coaching, we've talked about this. Winning was more important when you first started coaching than maybe it is now. Even though the stakes are arguably higher in the EYBL than they are uh, at a small college, but now character development and and making great human beings seems to be your focus.
1: Yeah, to me, that's that's what's come to now. Like when I go into a tournament or say a particular game, I don't really even talk about winning. Kind of like the John Wooden. I mean, to me, I talked about, hey, playing your best, let's go out and execute, let's play together, and after the game, let hold our heads high and know that we gave our, everything we had to offer. We, mm-hmm. we gave our best effort, and then let's learn from our experiences, because that's what life's about, right? Right. And so if we can learn through a competitive like basketball game and become better people, then to me, that's success. Can I, can I go back to this, though? Sure. You said you're in radio for a long time. Yeah. Right? And you interviewed Fred Hoiberg, different ones. So tell me a little bit about Troy. Yeah, just, it's just me and you us together. Nobody else.
0: Oh God, I don't know. I interviewed like uh, in basketball. Fred used to come on the show. Uh, Terrell Brandon. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, I remember Terrell Brandon, uh, point guard for the Wolves. Yeah. And I lived up in Minneapolis and and got to know some of the basketball. Flip Saunders, uh, Kevin McHale. Kevin McHale is. Uh, we got to try to get him on because he's the funniest guy in the world. Really? Oh my God, he's hilarious. He's like, Flip Saunders would sign an axe murderer if he could get 20 points and 10 rebounds out of him. (laughs) He said, you know, just laughing, just joking. Just a great guy. Um, You have a beautiful wife. You have a child on the way. This is get-to-know-Jimmy time. Yeah. You have a little boy named Caden. I'm
1: excited. September 19th.
0: And Caden is how old now?
1: Caden James.
0: Caden James, a year old, a year and a half?
1: He's actually, Troy, he's over two. Yeah.
0: He's getting
1: close to two and a half.
0: And this comes late in life for Jimmy. We're the same age, but Jimmy has had kids much late. We're talking about you're going to be at his high school graduation. You're going to (laughs) be in a walker.
1: (laughs) It's my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Your grandpa showed up today. Caden, your
0: grandpa's here for your graduation how about that
1: hey is it bad hey, right buddy? now that my son is actually reading <laughs> to me he's reading to me
0: new york times what's he what's he into no
1: nah, he likes mickey mouse yeah he likes uh what was the other one uh good night moon good night moon
0: Goodnight i was moon. just getting ready to Goodnight say good night moon, moon.
1: That's, that's a great one right there
0: i love good night yeah. moon we always did that one together
1: yeah that, that's done. one that I, I love that at the evening time yeah being able to uh, bath time you know, reading reading books, hanging out, prayer time, sing songs, and kiss him good
0: see, this is up. a side of Jim I didn't see. All I saw was the intimidating Cobra Kai guy walking to the gym and intimidating. And some people know Jim through Breakthrough. Uh, you know Jim. You've seen him on the DVDs. He is a striking-looking uh, mid-age guy. Uh, has a unique hairstyle that has that. People know you when they see. Well, the good
1: thing I have to I don't have to pay for my haircuts anymore, right? <laughs>
0: I'm just saying you got to look and people know you from those defensive DVDs. On breakthrough, all... <laughs> so,
1: did did you notice me from the look the first time that you did see me?
0: Yeah, the first time I saw Jim walking in, into a gym, Jim in a gym, I see this bald guy come in. He's he's got his brow furrowed. He just looks meaner than hell, and his team's behind him, and they got matching bags. And we're ragtag, and it was like a stormtrooper. We were all terrified of Jim. Huber. I was Darth Vader, right? Yeah, you were the Dark Lord, and we all feared the Dark Lord. And I thought, I hate that guy. Just look at at him I hate that guy I want to beat that guy so bad and then I came over and we eventually we met uh, my son started going to breakthrough camps and I was like that's the nicest guy in the world man I felt so bad that I thought that you were you know I thought you were Cobra Kai remember
1: <laughs> by the way I accept your apology
0: but I was wrong I I was I was a hundred well but but wrong. I
1: will say this when I get into a competitive mindset when I'm going in to compete in a in a game right I'm very focused on what I'm doing. Yeah. Because I want to have success, not only for myself, but really for the kids that are involved in the program in general.
0: Jimmy was, how many brothers and sisters do you have?
1: I'm, you know, uh, it's
0: not something you have to think about. How many brothers and sisters do you
1: have? I got two sisters, two older sisters.
0: Two older sisters. Yeah. How was your childhood, Jim? Was it happy?
1: Oh, it was very happy.
0: And dad was a coach.
1: Yeah, dad was a coach.
0: And that was hard on little Jimmy.
1: <laughs> I cried a few times. Did you cry? Yeah, I did. did. How come? What did, on he... me, oh, mommy, mommy.
0: <laughs> what did he what did Bubba do to you? Mommy, hold me. Hold on, let's let's break this down. What did Bubba do to you? Did he did he was he a bad man? Well, let me the...
1: tell you something, Troy. When you're having practice, <laughs> and practice is hard, and you know, you get they're getting on you by practice. About things that you maybe practice. aren't doing very well. We're talking about practice? I'm about practice. And then all of a sudden you get in a car and you drive home. You're riding in the car and you hear about it on the ride. Yeah, home. You be
0: Bubba, I'll be uh, little Jimmy, little Jimmy Huber. What would Bubba say to you in the car after a basketball game?
1: He wasn't like over the top, but it is hard to play for your dad because you're, you know, you want to please him, you want to do very well, you got to prove to other people that you're better. Because people think that you're on the team or you're playing a certain position. Or you're you're coach because you're the coach's son. Because you're the coach's son. Right. And you have to be better. So there's that pressure. And that if you can't handle that, it doesn't allow you to really be as effective or play as well as you're capable of playing.
0: Having gone through that, will you coach Caden and, and the new addition that's coming? You know, coming? I
1: mean, maybe. You know, maybe not. I don't know. It depends on the situation. It depends who's there available to coach him.
0: Do you want to coach him?
1: Um, I'd rather have probably somebody else coach him.
0: Would you? Because of what you went through?
1: Um, I just think it's sometimes hearing another voice is good. But I will say this I do believe if I was coaching him when I was, you know, 27, mm-hmm. 35, compared to where I'm gonna be when I'm coaching when I'm 60. 70 or 80? <laughs> when he's <laughs> yeah, playing. He's, no, my mindset toward coaching is is totally different. Yeah. And even my son. I mean, I look at coaching them very differently and how I communicate with them. So I think I'll be more loving, more more caring. I think I would be I'll be a much better like parent coach. Yeah. Um, and I do see sometimes parents they can't sometimes their kid doesn't play well or they're not good enough to start or they're not good enough to you know, play a certain amount of minutes or a certain position and they play them anyway. Right. So I think sometimes parents put their kids in bad situations and, at times.
0: And, and this type of stuff that we're talking about is is going to be uh, content just for the podcast to come up. We're going to talk to you about coaching your own kids and the the pitfalls and the, and the potential payoffs for doing that and reasons for doing it, reasons for not doing it all right so that's it for our first podcast Uh, we will see you here on the breakthrough basketball podcasting empire we'll do one show a week i look forward to it troy boy all right we will see you here on the next jim huber show on the breakthrough basketball podcast empire the opinions expressed on the jim huber show are not those of breakthrough basketball or any other sane human being for that matter
1: i wish i didn't have to wear pants